This is Out of Rich Darkness. I'm Camille Savage-Kroll. And I'm Elena Chia. We started this podcast during the coronavirus lockdown of March 2020. In our conversations, we challenge ourselves to think out of the box and out of the concert hall about music and life. The sound of a second So we met almost three weeks ago now Yeah, it's, to do, oh my gosh, it's almost, is it almost a month? It's, no, no, it's almost yeah. three weeks ago. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we met two and a half weeks ago. Met and means Zoomed. <laughs> yeah, right. We Zoomed. Well, this is the new parlance for met. Yes. <laughs> we Zoomed. That's right. It's synonymous. Two and a half weeks ago. And we talked about a bunch of stuff. Yeah, we actually had a really long conversation um, where we kind of went into our childhoods and Mm. um, explored a little bit of what makes us who we are today. And we decided to cut that for the podcast because it was very long and maybe these things will get picked up again in the future. But um, (laughs) what you're going to hear in a moment is our conversation about a future that could happen um, two years from now, two years post-corona. And we allowed ourselves to just go there and um, dream big and not worry about how crazy things sounded. Um, And that's the part of the conversation that we'd like to share with you in this podcast. Yeah. And I think I think it's also important to mention that well you're here that we we found it difficult to stay in the future yeah. to stay in this utopia and we kept slipping back into the present and I think it's uh it's important to know that the present we are so today is April 14th is that right no 13th it's, it's Easter Monday as they say in Germany the it's 13th Easter Monday. yeah it's right. Okay. So it's April 13th and we are several weeks into lockdown. We we're talking about things, not knowing at all how the government was going to react to our, um, what should happen with our music school, what should be the procedure for students who are stuck in their respective countries where they live. And uh, so we did this sort of blue-eyed, mm-hmm. not knowing what was going to be mandated. And now we have more information about how things are going to proceed. 
And of course, they're not the way we were thinking in our utopia two years from now. But this also is not, I mean, nothing is set in stone. That's the crazy thing. We have to plan for one no. scenario and um, we have no idea if that's actually how things are going to to play out. But exactly. um, certainly not easy. No, and but the really interesting thing about this time is that, well, you and I have always complained about the fact that German bureaucratic structures can be so extremely rigid. And mm -hmm. even though we have so many colleagues who are so innovative and creative and have fantastic ideas, it can take so long for any real change to take place. And yeah. so the interesting thing about this time in our institution is that we're getting, we're, we're getting sort of, I don't want to say directives, but we're getting gui guidelines, I guess, on how things are going to proceed. But in this case, actually, those who are making the decisions also have no idea how things are going to play out. And right. in fact, that's always the case, but... Mm -hmm. I think our particular bureaucratic system likes to believe that it can know what is going to happen and how things will play out. And all decisions, I think, are made based on that. Well, I'd like to say fallacy that we know <laughs> how things will play out. Well, I, I mean, I, I have to kind of say I feel like it's, it's difficult because what people are longing for right now um, and especially students, I think, is security and that sense of it's going to be okay. And yeah. part of, of security, having security, even if it's a false sense of security, is this sense of, of knowing what's going to happen. And so I, I do understand um, the, the, the feeling of... Um, and the responsibility of coming up with a plan. Um, the difficulty is you can't actually plan for all eventualities and you can't also make a plan that fits everyone, that fits all the needs. So um, right. I do have to say the one thing that that I do appreciate, even in all of the all of the difficulties that um that leadership and and um, and also bureaucracy is is having right now, is that there is a certain sense of um, flexibility which we all have to um, hold and and carry with us and um, and it's it's a bit unnerving but um, but it's actually um, really important to allow ourselves to to hold that unknown and not see it as a negative. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's a huge opportunity, I think. It's really mm -hmm. interesting that that, um, that this, uh, we're being forced now by, uh, by this pandemic to rethink how our bureaucracy works. Uh, not even to rethink, but it is being restructured. It is being reshaped. Mm, because normally we don't have much of a choice in a lot of things that go on. But now... Everybody is being asked and, um, well, we just have to be flexible. Yeah. Like you say. Yeah. And, and it's funny because I feel like this is the way I work best. <laughs> I, not that I want to be constantly in a crisis situation, but I, I feel like, um, it's much 
it's much easier for me to move in a world where nobody knows what is going to happen than for me to move in a world where, and this is usually the case, where it seems like everybody else knows what's going to happen except me. (laughs) 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 And I'm the one who's always kind of trying to hold all doors open and... Right. Right. Well, you know what? That's actually one of the things um, that we touch on in our conversation is um, the potential for for change. Actually, the the imperative um, for change, and um, yeah. and how this pandemic allows us to realize how quickly. Um, change is is possible and how those rigid structures actually are a lot more flexible than we think they are. Um, so yes, right. we're struggling with things oh. right now, <laughs> but, um, yeah. but there definitely are clues that um, that change is, is, is possible and um, we're starting to see some of the potential of, of difficulties for um, teaching us flexibility. Yeah. And I'm reminded of that story you told me two and a half weeks ago when we were talking about your education and how you were studying piano and then you broke your hand. And you'd said that before that you were already having some doubts about whether piano was the way to go, but then you broke your hand and you couldn't play for what, a year? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because and, my, my thumb was, I, I broke my, my wrist, um, in two places and my thumb and then the tendon tore <laughs> right after uh, the cast came off. So, um, so my thumb literally just wouldn't move. I couldn't will it to move at all and, um, and had to have surgery to repair the tendon and then, um, and then about a year of physical therapy after that. So there was definitely no, no, no piano playing wow. for, or at any, at any sort of level for, for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and and that's an interesting parallel to where we are now in the whole world, Um, not to trivialize what's going on right now, but it is, in a sense, it's like a huge accident. And, and the world is trying to mend itself to go back to the way it was before, you know, to be able to play the piano again. (laughs) Uh, And, and that just isn't possible. So we're all on this forced hiatus and having to reconsider and having to do different things or do old things differently. And uh, so there's there's so much potential actually in this time. Yeah. And and to bring it back to my story to just kind of tie that up and it is referenced later. Um I did I did not get kicked out of school and nobody nobody ever suggested that, but I think I say something like that in in our conversation sort of facetiously. But the interesting thing is I was already before I broke my hand starting to realize that um that I felt more at home with my voice musically. And was leaning in that direction, and um, and had taken taken some steps um, to to study voice, and um, and so actually breaking my hand gave me the freedom to pursue something all the way, um, which I was I was maybe a little more hesitant about before, um, and then I did end up studying voice and and returned to voice and and music education, um, so a lot of times a crisis is a chance to listen to our, um, intuition and, um, your voice, yeah, to listen to our, our own voices and to hear, um, 
maybe a, a very quiet voice that we've um, pushed pause on or that we've turned the volume way down on and and to see mm-hmm. maybe if um, if there there isn't something that we that we need to hear and and to go in that direction yeah that's really really nice and in that sense uh, I remember the first thing I asked you when we had our conversation was how you're doing things differently now in 2022 uh, right. because you had just told me about this amazing opera project that you did with um, your students in Freiburg and with <clears throat> members of the community. Yeah. The community and opera project. And so I was project. wondering, yep. right. And I was wondering, it, that already sounds so amazing. What are you doing differently in 2022? And, and I think that's where our conversation starts. Where we start. So have fun listening. Here we go. You know, you're right about one thing, which is that I, I do, and I am able to do a lot of things at the institution that we both work at, at the Hochschule for Musik in Freiburg. Um, and, and I'm very grateful for all of that freedom. But I think um, looking back on now from two years in the future, it's amazing how I've realized that I was doing incredible things and really exciting things. Um, but I was trying to do all of the things by myself all of the time. And, um, and I was burning out trying to do that. Um, and I was not supported. And I don't want to dwell on the negative, but um, we're we're now in the year 2020, uh, 2022. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and what I think is incredible is that um, in, in the past two years, um, post-corona, I've had a lot of time to think about the things that I do that I don't need to be doing. Um, and, and also I'm not the only one who's started to think like that. So the institution that we, that we work for has, um, has started to support people who, who do creative things in a completely different way hmm. than, than they were being supported before. Um, because our structures before Corona were not actually supportive of innovation and um, they were very much supportive of people doing what they'd been doing for for decades. A million years. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, and so I think that's one of the biggest things is um, I've I've learned and I've also learned to to accept support. And I'm I'm still doing exciting things, but I'm not doing them by myself. And, um, and I'm not trying to do so many things at one time because I feel that one of the things we've learned from Corona is that we do not, we do not handle time wisely. Hmm. Amen. And, (laughs) And although lots of things that we do are cool, we rush through them. We just rush through them all the time. And we rush from one thing to the next. And I've, I've learned to enjoy 
slowing down and doing things at a different tempo. So that's one thing. Yeah. Could you describe a day in in 2022 in your life? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, here I am two years from now. Oh my God, I'm 45. (laughs) (laughs) You said it, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I've gotten over that shock and, (laughs) and every day, every day is a lot like what I learned to do during the Corona crisis, which is to get up and meditate and do my three pages of writing, which is not anything creative, but it's just getting rid of the junk in my head and noticing that those thoughts are there and that they are not synonymous with me. Um, And then starting to devote myself to the creative project that is most important right now. So right now that's my book. And uh, two years from now, sorry, I slipped into the past. Oops. Uh, Two years from now. (laughs) It's easy to do. (laughs) We do it all the time. Okay. So here I am. I'm 45. Uh, So the most, the most important creative project is, I don't know, it could be, it could be any number of things. It could be, uh, it could be working on this podcast with you. It could be a, another book. It could be a recording with my quartet. But the beginning of the day is devoted to these creative projects that I can really sink into and that I learned to completely sink into. So it's not the way it used to be pre-corona that I was scrambling to get my teaching in, scrambling to uh, prepare students for the exams that I always thought were rather senseless, uh, scrambling to prepare myself for those few creative projects that I was able to do and then showing up less prepared than I wanted to be and being frustrated and just dividing myself into all these little pieces. No, now I'm, I'm a whole person doing one thing at a time. Hmm. Yes. One thing at a time. Yeah, isn't that amazing? And I think this idea of doing one thing at a time, it's so simple. And so it has just revolutionized my life. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Before Corona, I was doing, I was doing at least five things in my head at all times and Mm -hmm. not allowing myself to just be yeah and music had also become something that was a product mm. and something that needed to be made and produced and that was not just a a part of understanding the world and myself 
and and it wasn't something that was always giving back to me either. So that's the great thing about where we are now is that music is, is and, and this is something that I'm so thrilled has happened and you can feel it in our, in our institution too, because this is a big part of our lives. This is where we met and this is, is where, we, where we work. And um, collectively, um, I've been amazed to see that music has taken on a different meaning and, um, and it is something that is integrated into life and it is for us and not that we are some sacrificial lambs for something, some unattainable beauty. That music is for us and it's for others and, um, and it has, and it's for understanding ourselves. in the corona crisis two years ago (laughs) when I felt so keenly and almost physically the loss of making music with other people and being in a live concert with other musicians and realized what that means what a privilege that is and how pre-corona there was still some adolescent part of me that was still rebelling against being the soloist I didn't want to be who would say at the end of every semester okay that's it I don't have to practice now I'm not going to play I'm not going to play for two months now (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so I look back on that moment now where I learned to grieve for the opportunities I gave up, the opportunities I sabotaged because I wasn't ready for the joy they would bring me because I was still following my ego that was telling me, do this, do that. Oh, don't go to that concert. You'll feel bad because they're making a better career than you ever did. Uh, And all these little petty things that I used to think. And so now, at the ripe old age of 45, I am, I'm able to enjoy music in any form it comes to me. And I am, I, I just relish concerts that I'm listening to by musicians who are far better than me. I love making music with 
my fellow musicians, even if there is still the judgmental little voice in my head going, oh, you missed that note and that was out of tune. And because <laughs> I know to, to embrace the, the larger, the larger and more profound feeling that is flowing through me and benefiting others in a way that I just can't know about. So I've learned that and I've learned also to totally, totally share that experience with, we invented the new term co-learners, <laughs> not students, but co-learners to share right. this experience with my co-learners right, and to, to invite them to participate in music this way and and I think two years ago we all learned especially this moment I'm looking back on when I heard of the first person who lost a family member to this virus mm -hmm. and when I thought wow this is a place when this is a time when when people would come together and we would play something together and we just can't uh, and and just thinking about that just it just shows me how how much music has always meant to me and how i got into a kind of business like relationship with music instead mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. instead of celebrating it for the for the total childlike freedom it it gives us the the actually the freedom from time the freedom from trauma from because when you are really involved in music whether you're listening or you're playing there's no trauma going on in that moment there's no loss it's it's actual it's total connection mm. and that's what we've learned to integrate into our lives now in 2022 Mm -hmm. connection oh that's beautiful and you know this break from playing with other musicians that you're talking about that we had in 2020 um was rough but what we also realized and we were speaking about this at the beginning we realized what potential the internet has to connect with people through music who we otherwise would not have connected with in that way. And maybe it's not perfect. It certainly wasn't perfect in, in 2020, um, but we've realized how powerful it is and we've invested in um, institutions have also invested, including our institution, have invested <laughs> in in really great equipment and in high-speed internet. And the fantastic thing is all the concerts at our institution now, at the Hochschule für Musik in Freiburg, are being live-streamed on the homepage. And that means anyone from anywhere in the world who wants to take part in in our music making can join at any time 
And that's an amazing thing. There have actually been nursing homes who have that have set up large screens in in common areas, and um, and there are people who who come and regularly listen to to our concerts who would not have had the chance to do that otherwise. Um, there are people in on the other side of the world who are listening to to our students play, our co-learners, <laughs> and um, and that's that's really. That's really incredible. That's and, totally uh, awesome. Not, yeah, it really is. It really is. It's so simple, but uh, but I think this is something we were a little afraid of before Corona. Exactly. I mean, because we all had this this classical music hang up of oh, before I put a, a video up on social media, it has to be really, really perfect and digitally precise and. And, you know, then we had this period where everybody was just making videos from their living rooms and yep. their cramped quarters and, and with their iPhones or smartphones and, and just just putting it out there because that was all we had. And, and now, and we've learned to embrace that. We've learned to embrace imperfection. Yes. And we've yes. also learned how to blur the distinction between hobby musicians and professional musicians that's right and we're in we're involving everybody in our learning and it's such a great adventure so we we even have students on other continents now yeah come to come to Freiburg once in a while and in fact this is this is the case with some of our our teachers as well that we work on a project basis and and we we create projects together like the opera project mm -hmm. and they're involving live people and people online and and we so we come together for a certain period to to do this project and we learn so much from this and then we go off and we're used to we got used to our our isolation and we saw what a blessing that was so after this this experience of togetherness and music making then we go off into our isolation again and we regenerate and we process what we've learned mm. Mm. and we have time to experiment with new things and also to do nothing before the next project oh. starts yeah we've slowed down <sighs> Yeah. You slowed down. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so important. So yeah. important. And it's really opened up. Um, you mentioned students in, in other countries. It's opened up avenues for education, which we, we didn't have before. We also have master students in elemental music pedagogy who are teaching in other places in, in Germany. And um, they do spend some time at the Hochschule, but um, they regularly join in seminars um, via the interwebs and um, and it works very well now because we've worked out all the kinks it was it was rough there for a little while but we've worked out the kinks and um, and it's a powerful thing to be able to to include people and to to share and communicate with people who are in very different places um, in terms of of where they physically are, but also in terms of, of what they're, what they're dealing with in, in their life and in their work situation. And, um, and it's been a huge benefit for us 
as as teachers, as co-learners, as um, as a community, um, that we have so much more contact with yeah. so many different people. Yeah, it's really really opened so things much. up. We learn mm-hmm. so much from those people, from people who, and and this is also what we learned from our period of isolation, how to improvise in mm-hmm. every way, because we <laughs> saw people improvising everything during that period. There was nobody who was yes. exempt from that <laughs> responsibility great. to improvise. Oh, I like that responsibility to improvise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, life gives us the responsibility to improvise, and but usually we reject it. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. rejected it. We used to reject it. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> now we're in 2022. That's right. And, and we embrace that responsibility and we love it. And and we and we don't let perfectionism get in the way of that beautiful idea that we want to realize Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And we learn that also from people in developing countries who are playing instruments that are missing strings or, or not being able to uh, get the equipment or the music they need. And, and they teach us how to create differently. Absolutely. And, and the great thing about that is too, we, as a as a community of of teachers and and learners have changed our idea um, about what it means to be professional and we've started to realize that experts can have can play a very different role than they have in the past um, and we've we've started to think of ourselves in many ways as professional amateurs which um, is a term that that came about in the time of corona and um, really established itself now which is a way of thinking about everything we do in music not in little boxes that need to be checked or perfected um, or perfectly formed but of everything that we do in music as a chance to try something new and to go the route that um is is not the safe route and we have gotten used to trying new things all the time um there used to be this word failure (laughs) that was that was uh that was that really had a, a negative connotation and um and we've realized that really that word is is almost obsolete now because um we think of of it purely as experiments and, um, and we've gotten very good at trying things and being totally okay with them not being perfect. And there are so many new um, ways of making music that we could not have dreamt of in exactly. 2020. Which exactly. is incredible. Right. And, and this, that, that old-fashioned, antiquated idea of failure, we we used to have that because we put people into these categories into these pigeonholes of you're studying this and you're studying that and that means that you have to be like this and you have to be like that and and so now we don't have that anymore we have people who are drawn to music 
who have an affinity and a talent for it. And if they try something, let's say they try piano, <laughs> and then they break their hand, <laughs> just <laughs> saying, you know. <laughs> they don't get or, kicked out of school anymore. <laughs> they don't get kicked out of school. They get to, it's an opportunity for them to try anything and everything else they wanted to try. Yeah. And, yeah. and the same thing goes if they just realize that it's not working out the way they thought it would. And so they just switch and, and try something else. Maybe they become, uh, maybe they become sound engineers. Maybe they mm -hmm. do, some stage directing maybe they maybe they do a little bit of a lot of things yeah i think we have to highlight our interdisciplinary major oh yes sorry i forgot about that <laughs> yeah because of course you can you can choose to study one thing that's still an option you can you can choose i mean just like it was in 2020 you could you could start with an instrument but we still we have now um, the possibility in in Freiburg to show up and say I'm interested in a lot of things and I might not even know yet what I want to pursue but I'm curious and um, if we recognize that you are um, suited to what we can offer then you can study at the Hochschule für Musik in Freiburg and you don't have to have a set of, um, of of courses. You are free to study and and pursue whatever you like. You still get your two hundred and forty credits. You have to take um, a certain amount of classes, but it is up to you to decide which ones. And you also create your own exams, which I think is the coolest thing we've implemented. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and there have been some mind-blowing, uh, we've just, just had the, the first uh, master's students finish, and there's been some, some really mind-blowing uh, final exams that, uh, that we certainly, as, as um, so-called experts, could not have come up with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I feel so privileged to be a part of this institution. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It really is something that we um, that we feel very excited about, and um, and we feel like our contribution is is valued yeah. by um, by students and by our 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 faculty and administration. Um, and you know what colleague. the best part is that we didn't actually have to fight for this to happen. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have to struggle. We didn't have to spend sleepless nights preparing documents for the Senate or hmm. writing long emails to everybody. It just it happened step by step the way it was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Yeah. You know, one other thing that I was thinking about um that I'm, I'm really happy about the changes that have been made um, and have that's made a big difference to the whole institution is that um, we're not the only ones who were constantly scuttling from A to B and, 
and feeling exhausted. Um, a lot of our students were feeling that way in 2020 mm -hmm. um, before Corona. Um, there is a very large group of adjunct teachers at our Institute who work incredibly hard and, um, and they do it for, they did it for very little money um, who have now um, been given a whole new support system and been fully integrated into the institution and, and have safety and don't have to worry about something like a corona pandemic coming and, and taking away their, their income. Um, yeah. They feel valued. And also um, the administration has uh, changed the way that they work um, so that they are able to better support us and also so that they are not at the brink of burnout anymore. And technology has played a big role in that, but it has also been um, stepping back and reevaluating what we actually need to be doing and, and which things we need a whole bunch of rules for and which things we don't need a whole bunch of rules for. Um, and, oh, yes. and we've, we've really looked in and made changes that, that have affected all of our lives in a really big and really positive way. Because to be creative, you have to be well supported. And the people who work in, in administration, I've always sensed that they want to be supportive and they want to be helpful and their jobs are so important. Um, but they can't, they can't be living at the, at the edge of burnout all the time. Exactly. Um, and, and I'm glad that we've, we've changed that. Right. And we are musicians. We are artists. Yes. We, our role is to show people how to slow down and listen. <laughs> so yes. that's where we are. Yeah. That's where we are. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> 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 yeah. <laughs> so can okay. we fast forward now? <laughs> so that we're actually there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I was thinking about this conversation today, knowing we were going to be talking about this. And part of me, there was a little voice on my shoulder that said, don't even say these things out loud because you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. Uh, even wishing for these things is just going to make you feel more miserable when they, when they don't happen. But you know what? That is, yes, we have to take a risk and, and say these things because um, never wishing for them means for sure they won't happen. Right. And the more realistic a picture we have in our minds of what we what we want the greater the chances are that we and i mean the big we as a collective yeah um that we can make it happen and i think it's important that we say we're not the only ones to have these ideas and this is something also that's very exciting about um, being alive right now and i think even about being alive um at the place that we are right now at the institution where we met, where we work, 
um, is that there are other people who tick the same way um, yeah. and who, who really want to see these changes happen. Yeah. And um, oddly, this corona pandemic has shown us that big change is possible in a very short amount of time. And it's up to us now to make sure that the change is one for for the good of all of us mm. and that we we don't just go back to doing things how we how we were doing it before I want to frame but it's that a and huge put it on my chance wall. <laughs> <laughs> really that that totally sums it up it it yeah. has taught us that big change is possible right now yeah now yep yeah now and and in so many ways yeah so many ways that of course i i don't want to i don't want to belittle or no. or uh, minimize the fact that many many people are really suffering because of these changes so obviously these are not changes that anybody would ever want to implement just because of the suffering no and we don't take it lightly in cause. any in any way yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and at the same time, life does force us into these changes and show us that that we are capable of so much more. Mm-hmm. Not even more, not more. <laughs> no, not more. Of, we're capable of less. Right. <laughs> yeah, I would even, I would say that too. Yeah, we're capable of, of less and, and different yeah. and at a different tempo. Yeah. Because one thing that this has made us do is, I wouldn't say stop, but it has made us radically slow down, all of us. Yeah. And, um, and maybe this is also part of the new normal, which I would welcome. Oh, me too. Except for the part that where my husband has to cut my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I'll we're, we're all going to be extra beautiful when this is over. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you. Dreaming with me. This was really, yeah. really healthy. And you know, normally it's it's almost um, ten o'clock. Normally this time of night, especially after having the kind of day that I've had today, I'm I'm pretty exhausted. And I actually feel really full of energy right now. So thank you Me for that. Too. Me too. Yeah. Let's live. Let's stay in 2022, at least for tonight. Yeah. Sounds and good. Maybe tomorrow morning and see, see how it looks tomorrow. <laughs> Excellent. So that was our first episode of Out of Rich Darkness professional amateurs and we decided to call the podcast episode professional amateurs because we are both recovering perfectionists and it is not an easy thing for us to just put this out into the world um, but for exactly the reason of of recovering and trying new things we did it anyway exactly and I really I really try to practice what I preach and I'm always telling my students just go for it. Don't worry about what people will think. And 
try it out. So I would really be a hypocrite if I didn't do this myself. <laughs> and we would really like to in invite anybody who's interested in joining in our conversation to share your ideas with us. If you are using this time to also dream up a different future, please contact us, follow us on Facebook uh, at Out of Rich Darkness, and also you can find us on Instagram, Out of Rich Darkness. We'd love to hear from you. All parts of this podcast were recorded remotely from Freiburg and Berlin. Original music by Elena Chia and Camille savage Kroll. Thank you.